Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Gio and Jones across the country on CBS Sports Radio. And this is Philadelphia Eagles Day. This is Carson Wentz Day. The World Series hasn't started yet. They had a standalone game on Monday Night Football. They won. They've got the best record in the NFL. What could go wrong? Philadelphia. Good morning, Brian. How are you? I am righteous, and you? I'm doing well. I hate your open. Why? Because it's the Eagles. Yeah. And two of my least favorite teams were playing last night. It was a damn good game, though. It was, and the Philadelphia Eagles, this was a time for them to act like any other NFL team, like the Kansas City Chiefs, when everybody's talking about how the best team in the NFL, and then they lose back-to-back games. This was the perfect time for them to lay an egg and have everybody start doubting them as well because the rest of the NFC is just sort of... It's the the parody fest, as we talk about. Uh, But they did not. And Carson Wentz, the man just continues to get better. And I know that everybody sees everything these days in 2017, but I do think there still is something to be said about being featured on a standalone game like Monday Night Football where... Everybody is focusing on him, and the guy came out like aces once again. I mean, he really looks like he is special each time that I watch him, and I think he's only getting better. He, I agree 100%. He's only getting better, and he has progressed nicely as a second-year quarterback in this league. He looks the part of a first-rounder, and you, you go back to Cleveland. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> Why did you draft this guy? Even golf is looking good currently, and that's another one they passed on. Of course, we always talk about Deshaun Watson uh, not being uh, a favorite in uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, front office, but Carson Wentz is, is so much confidence, and he's so strong. That one run, third and eight, late in that, that ball game or in the second half where he gets through the crowded backfield, the guy's trying to sack him, somehow keeps his feet. I would say the majority of quarterbacks would have gone down, even though – uh, they could have gotten out of there like Carson Wentz. I don't think they would have had the wherewithal to to stay upright and, and get down the field and pick up the first down. But his passes, he just knows where he's going with the ball. The pass to, to Clement, uh, that was badger on badger crime. Zach Brown trying to cover Clement. And he had him covered. Welcome to the NFL. That's what the NFL is all about. You throw it even though the guy's covered, and Clement makes him look good. Uh, he, he he was just dropping dimes. Uh, the, the long pass to Hollins. Uh, he looks the part. That looks like this franchise, as far as quarterback is concerned, is in good hands. The one concern I do have, though, these guys keep getting hurt. Of course, yeah. you saw Jason Peters on the offensive line go down. Former tight end at Arkansas, all pro uh, tackle for those guys. And on the defense side, Kendricks didn't even play. Uh, Michael Kendricks, and then you had Jordan Hicks, Hookem Horns go out. Uh, early in the ballgame. First play. Yeah, uh, with it looked like a bad ankle injury and, and, and didn't come back. And, and Peters, of course, getting carted off. And that does not look like an injury where he could come back this season. Maybe multiple ligament tears mm-hmm. is what the speculation is this morning. And I don't think you need to go on and say how important it is to have your, your all-pro left tackle in 
the game because uh, that's as important of a position as you can yes. have outside of the quarterback. No. Um, but it didn't seem to hurt him all that much. And I think that you know Carson Wentz's ability to escape and to run and to do it in a smart way is is really a, a good feature for this team if they're going to be dealing with some offensive line issues. And and everybody wants to compare him to somebody. And I can't. And this, this Who are they comparing him to? I, I keep hearing. I, I well, I heard Favre like four times yesterday, and I don't. Mm-hmm. He runs more than Favre. His arm is strong. It's really strong, but it's not like Favre strong because Favre just had a different type of arm. I don't know. I just don't want to compare him to anybody. I don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. He's a good whip. But I don't know how you. I don't know if he's stronger than Favre. And, and Favre did get around. Trust me, I tried to catch him a couple times. He made me look bad. Uh, I don't see any comparisons. I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't conjure up anyone that I think is comparable as far as style and mannerism, things of that nature. He is who he is, and he's damn good being who he is. Yeah, he right. And I think that everybody just wants to go and and say, all right, well, this guy's going to be the next this one. He's going to be the next that one. Um, and you brought Just, up the, you, <laughs> let him be who he is. Yeah. Why got to put him in a box? No, I know. And then, and, and players get more annoyed with that than even we do, especially if you're Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, wait a second. Why don't I just pay attention to me for crying? Why yeah. do I have to be the next, this guy? It's really annoying. Uh, and you mentioned the Cleveland Browns and I know we've been picking on them more than ever, but it's gotten to the point now where it's, it's annoying. Like you give them some time or a rebuild new regime. They're going to try this out. We think that they figured it out. Um, but they they never do, and, and this is just, if you go through that trade, uh, and and this is going to be one of those things that haunts them forever once again, the one where they traded out and did not decide to select Carson Wentz in the draft a couple years ago, and the picks, what they've turned into. I mean, the best player that they got out of all of that so far has been Corey Coleman. And he's hurt. It's been right. Receiver out of Baylor, right? I mean, and they they got uh, Kessler out of it, which and we saw him a little bit this past mm-hmm. week. But is he really going to be someone that you can you can trust? And and then you, and then there's a bunch of guys. There's one guy who's already out of the league. Yeah, this is two years ago, so you can acquire all the picks you want. If you're going to draft a bunch of slugs, you're never going to get anywhere with it. And and, and it's interesting that Hugh Jackson. It, 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 he went along with this. Here's a guy that went out and got Carson Palmer when he was out in L.A., or Oakland, a head coach, and he knew he needed a quarterback. So he went out and got a veteran guy in Carson Palmer and basically resurrected both of those guys' careers. I know Hugh Jackson was was uh, fired uh, somewhat after that, wrongfully in my estimation, but he go get, you go get Carson Palmer. Everyone's left him for dead there at Cincinnati. You get him, okay, boom. He uh, resurrects his career, and, and he goes on Arizona. We know what he's been doing there. We'll see if he's able to recover from this broken arm. But uh, Hugh Jackson knows better than anyone that you have to have that piece. I don't give a damn if you're in Little League, you're, you're Pop Warner, you're junior high, high school, college. You need a quarterback. And you start building from there in that offensive line and defensive line. Then you go and get the other pieces. But you need a quarterback. And all the ones they have passed on, the good ones, and I know it's a crapshoot, but uh, – this guy had something that the others didn't possess. And Jared Goff is now playing well. And then you look at him under the tutelage of, of Sean McVay, he's looking like a, a number one overall pick here lately with the Rams and the way they've got that running game going and the play, the moves they made on that offensive line. But to pass on all these damn quarterbacks and still be sitting here just mired in, in just failure uh, is just amazing to me, with knowing the background of Hugh Jackson. 
and, and it's still early in, in these guys' careers, but these both Wentz and Deshaun Watson have played better than any Browns quarterback has played in the last decade, and it's not even close. There has not been a Browns quarterback that has put together a game like last night, like Wentz did, or any one of these games that Deshaun Watson has played, and those are the ones that we're going to keep going back to with the Browns. And I mean, think about some of these names. In that trade and then the, the one this past draft, Corey Coleman, Sean Coleman, Cody Kessler, Derek Kindred, Spencer Drango, Ricardo Lewis, Jordan Payton, Jabril Peppers, who I think we both like, and mm-hmm. it's still too early mm-hmm. to say if he's a and Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, these are the these are the guys they had, and they still have picks for for next year. They still have picks to go. But so far, I mean, you're telling me that you could have had one of those two guys, and this is the haul that you have back. And, and you look at Deshaun Kaiser, and the young man should have gone back to school. He regressed a season ago, and you can blame it on the offense coordinator who's no longer there at. Uh, Notre Dame, you can blame it on Brian Kelly, you can blame it on whatever. The kid regressed. No matter who's the damn coach, he played the majority two seasons ago. He should have gotten better. He should have learned, and he did. Coaching be damned. And when you're an upperclassman, you, you've hopefully figured things out, and you can go out there, and the coach just needs to say, hey, this is the play, and then you go and improvise and do whatever you need to do, and you add on to whatever is called. And you didn't see that. Uh, with Deshaun Kaiser. So I was surprised he came out, and I was even more surprised he was drafted as high as he was. But he has all the measurements, and I guess that's what they went on, the measurements, the metrics, as they say. Well, metrics be damned. Can you play or can you not play? And and, and as we've seen thus far five, six games in this NFL season, he's proven that he cannot play. And I just don't understand why Cleveland would pass on all these guys. And you, you mentioned it's still early. Well, it's still not early for these coaching staff, especially at Cleveland. Usually you get a year, two years to turn the thing around. You're out. And these days, and we've been talking about Butch Jones. He's in his fifth year at Tennessee. That is a damn luxury. Five years at the helm, whether it's college or pro, that's like 10 years. I mean, you start adding dog years to these numbers these days because it's about the immediacy, and we want you to turn this around, if not in the first year, at least by the second year. And you look back at that draft uh, last year, not this past one, and say Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. They are the quarterbacks of two teams in the NFC that have some of the best records in the conference, six and one for the Eagles, five and two for the Rams. And the Cleveland Browns are doing what? They're going through Hogan. They're going through Kaiser. They're going through Kessler. And they're just round (laughs) and around and around. And these guys are winning games for their teams that decided to take the chance on them. Doesn't always work out, but it seems to never work out for Cleveland even when they do end up taking that quarterback. And it's interesting. We're sitting here, we're, trying, we're, we're, we're attempting to praise Philadelphia, but it always goes back to Cleveland and, yeah. and their miscues as far as the draft is concerned. But uh, Philadelphia has served notice that they are for real. Uh, they have the quarterback piece. We'll see how that offensive line fares uh, as, as they move throughout this season. Some tougher games, of course, they have two with the Cowboys, and we'll see what happens there. But this is going to – the back end of their schedule is much easier. I think they said the third easiest of uh, any NFL team, and they've already been on the road, on the road a, a ton. They went out to San Diego. They went to Kansas City. And, and now I think they're home for a month or at least five uh, games. Uh, but this team is for real. And, and defensively with – 
the attrition they've had in the secondary. They haven't missed a beat. Malcolm Jenkins is the leader back there, and guys have stepped up. Now they're going to have to step up at linebacker and and, and on that offensive line. But uh, I like the makeup of this football team. How about Nelson Aguilar? You're talking about getting better or getting worse. Here's a guy that couldn't get right a season ago, had to drop seats. He's in the doghouse. He's inactive for a number of games. They move him to the slot, and he looks like the number one pick coming out of USC two years ago. So they have figured out uh, where to play these guys, how, how to put them in a, in a position to win. Yeah, I feel like that doesn't always happen, too, with wide receivers because guys who get it right away generally end up being the stars, and the guys who don't tend to struggle for a long time. There's a guy on, on my team in LaCron Treadwell who seems to – he's finally getting some run with with Steph Diggs being out. But, I mean, he has been – He's a, a first-round draft pick. He couldn't get on the field last year. And this year, he's a couple of snaps here or there, a couple of catches. But uh, generally, when a guy is that bad as Aguilar was last year, and all the drops usually persist. Now, this will be fascinating to see how the Eagles and their fans handle this because the Eagles, their fans are some of the nastiest in sports. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they that's really, an understatement. So, but they also have that what is going to go wrong thing in their DNA. Well, of course, because think about it. They've never won a Super Bowl. No. They lost a gazillion NFC title games under Andy Reid. When they did get that opportunity in the Andy Reid era to go to the Super Bowl, their quarterback was puking on a potentially game-winning drive in the huddle. And the teams around them have always won. Their biggest rivals are always winning. The Giants... The Cowboys, the Redskins have won a couple Super Bowls, not as much as those other two well, teams. Well, nothing lately like. for those other than the Giants. Well, uh, but still, I mean, and the Cowboys, their history is well, still pretty it's, damn it's, good. It's ancient history, though, G. But it's still the Cowboys, and there's still, you can't tell me that. They there can't win a damn playoff game. You can't tell me there isn't Cowboy jealousy, though, when they've got at least a history where the Eagles have not won a Super Bowl. That's just, trust me, coming from a fan of a team that's never won a Super Bowl, you're jealous of whatever era that that <laughs> team had. And a lot, and it's not that, it's not ancient history. Like, ancient history is back, like, you win in this, like, the Dolphins is ancient history. That's ancient history, 1972. But there's a lot of these fans that are younger, that are my age, that remember the Cowboys being a dynasty. Like, that's mm. when you were growing up. So there's that jealousy there. So there's no doubt in my mind that they have that, this is great, how is it going to mess with me, and how are we going to screw this up? They definitely have a little bit of that in them. How could you not when you're a a franchise that has gone through as many losses as they had in big games? Well, my message to them would be just enjoy it while you can because you don't know what's going to happen down the road. You can't sit there and try to – celebrate a season that's going exceptionally well at this point and look down the road and and think okay what might be looming on the horizon the hell with that you just stay in the here and now and I hope you don't win another game as a Cowboys fan and and Drew Pearson seconds that uh but you why even think about what other shoe could drop because don't do it so invested I'll tell you why because I I know I live it you're so invested into it and all you know is disappointment. You don't have that memory to lean back on and say, remember when they did it, it could happen again. They don't have that. And then look around. I mean, they have the Phillies from, what was that, 08, 07, 08? Uh, they have that, uh, that championship. But Sixers and the... In... 
80. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> See what I'm saying? It doesn't, as a city, it's a self loathing sports city. The Flyers. Yeah. Win. I don't even know. Allow. I don't, I mean, 1975, mm. I think the Flyers. I no, wanna, that long? I want to wow. say 75. Damn. Uh, you'll have to look it up, but I want to say 1975. Yeah, mm. 1975. Mikey B just confirmed it. So it's a self-loathing sports city. So like there's 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 guys that are happy, trust me. There's it's it's sort of like the I'll use the analogy of of someone who's been dumped a million times and just went out on a date and it's going really well. But you're thinking, how is it going to go mm-hmm. sour? When do I find out that this person was in jail at some point in their life? Right? Like that's what it's going to be for them. So we'll turn see. into the crying game. We'll see how they. Yeah, right. All of us. When's the surprise coming? Yeah. You, Wait, you, what? What? No. But as of right now, they're the best. Enjoy. We're trying it now. to bring the Eagles fans down, man. I'm not. I just. I'm. I'm. I share a brain with them. I know what it feels like. So that's all I'm saying. I hope you're right. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm just saying that's what they're thinking. I know that's what they're thinking. Mm. All right, coming up next, Kirk Cousins is an interesting dude. He's very dedicated to his craft. We'll tell you how dedicated. An Andrew Bogish update. And will Martavis Bryant be traded? 855-212-4CBS. If you want to join the show, talk about these Philadelphia Eagles. Wentzylvania, 855-212-4227. Just getting started. Keep it right here. This is Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on the CBS Sports Radio. This has got to be one of those songs that makes you ill, right? Ugh. Yeah, I was hearing this last night and I turned the volume down. Enough of this. I don't despise the Eagles by any stretch, but no. this this song no, not actually in your division, right? But this song actually makes they, me kind of ill. They too. didn't they didn't cheer when your star receiver was lying on the field, yeah. immobile. Right. No, there, there's no doubt. I mean, yeah. e- even Eagles fans know that they they probably, they wear as a badge no, of honor. I was going to say, they pride themselves right. on it. Right, that they are the, the nastiest, nastiest fans there are. And we've got one of them on the line right now. Long-time oh, Eagles fan. Long-time. 855-212-4CBS. Are we going to take his call? Yeah. Should we? Yeah, because he's not in Philadelphia. Mm. He's in Albany. So he may be a better person. He may yeah. be a better man now? Yeah, uh, may, maybe. Maybe. Let, let's hope. Bettermanshow.com. Uh, Chris is in Albany on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Chris? What's going on, gentlemen? How are you? Good. What's Doing up? Doing well. Fly, Eagles. Fly. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Anyway, um, yeah, a uh, long time ago. Well, I'm 33, so I, I went through that whole Cowboys era with the Super Bowls and the, now the Giants' future uh, run here. And uh, so, basically, I know the 6-1 looks good, but I also know that Six wins could be six and ten, real easy. So uh, I am a self-holding uh, Eagles fan for sure. I told you, man. I told you. This is exactly what I said. I know that sports brain. I'm familiar. Not being an Eagles fan, I still know it. Especially the jealousy within the division, because that's what I've had with the Green Bay Packers. It's what I've had with you know other teams in baseball. Certainly the Yankees, even though it's a different league totally but you have that you, you have to feel great chris the position your eagles are sitting in you've now knocked off the red redskins twice you've you defeated the giants and you have yet to play the cowboys of course uh you have to feel good you can't you can't tell me you're sitting there with the six and one record thinking about what could be on the horizon you're just enjoying this right now you're staying in the moment well i could say this uh my wife was uh looking at uh, week 17, 
uh, Dallas coming into Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, do you want to go to this game? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, you know, the Eagles could be up so much that they rest their starters. I'm like, don't even, don't know. <laughs> don't, I, I don't know. You're, that's, that's foreign to me, just being a, an Eagles fan. I've never seen the Eagles rest their starters in my life. So, yeah, Cowboys uh, were resting their starters last year when they, they came into to Philadelphia. So maybe you guys can yeah. uh, return the favors. Yeah, and, and, and thanks for the call, Chris. And you can't blame a guy for feeling that way, I'm telling you. I mean, you've been you've seen a lot of winning in your fandom. And and the ones who haven't, they just don't want they've, – they've been positive before. They have. But then after all the letdowns, like, I'm not going to let myself be positive until I see something happen. And they're still as invested. They still care. They're still mm-hmm. happy that they won. But it's, it's just this, tempered. Yeah, it's the cautious mm-hmm. optimism. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, oh, man, this is this could screw up because of this. this Because you've seen it all. You've seen mm. it all. It's been a while. Yeah. That yep. you've seen winning? Yes. <laughs> what, 2009? That's, That's a long time ago. Tell that to the Chris at Albany. Who's never seen I'm not a Super worried about Bowl. Chris and his feelings. I'm worried about me and my emotions. Right, of course. That's ancient history, 2009. Ancient history. 2009. That's forever, ever. No, it's not. Yes. Feels uh, like it. All right. Bogus is here. He's got an update. What's happening, man? Good morning, boys. So those Eagles did nothing on their first four drives on Monday Night Football, but then... Wentz is back again. Wentz looking, looking, still looking. He is going deep down the far side, and it is caught! Don't worry, a stranger to all of us. Uh, Merrill Reese on Eagles Radio. First of three touchdown passes from Carson Wentz. Over eight and a half minutes bridging halftime. Four total TD passes for the sophomore QB. A fifth straight win for his team. 34-24 over Washington. Head coach Doug Peterson happy they overcame that slow start. Offensively, they'd come off the field and hey, you know we're okay, we got it. We'll just we'll make a couple adjustments and and, and go back out. So, um, yeah, resiliency by the team. Keep saying that over and over, but it really showed, especially early in the game. Eagles and NFL best six and one. Washington drops to three and three. Philly left tackle Jason Peters cut it off in the field, cut it off the field in the third quarter with a right knee injury. It's reportedly to his MCL, which is. Relatively good news. Marshawn Lynch reportedly had the appeal of his one-game suspension heard yesterday, and as expected, Chiefs corner Marcus Peters spoke on his behalf. Lynch ran onto the field to join a scuffle, pushing an official in the process on Thursday night. The scuffle started by Peters' late hit on Derek Carr. Viking safety Andrew Sandejo suspended one game for the hit that nearly decapitated Ravens wideout Mike Wallace on Sunday. Late in the Wizards' 109-104 win in Denver, Nuggets forward. Nikola. Jokic bumped into Washington head coach Scott. Brooks on his way to a timeout. Huddle Jokic assessed a tech. I th- think I tried to look in the score and they hit the guy, the coach. coach. Uh, Jokic <laughs> the guy. Uh, hit the guy. Big some, deal, right? Some little guy. That's why, I mean, half my family is kidnapped right now. Like, so what? I hit the coach. Uh, Jokic did have 29 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists in the loss. The Suns held off the Kings 117-115 the day after firing head coach Earl Watson. And hours after sending unhappy guard Eric Bledsoe home, 
He's likely played his final game for them after tweeting, I don't want to be here Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Golden State, a 133-103 win in Dallas. Memphis, a 98-90 win in Houston. And Philly, a 97-86 win in Detroit. 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists for Ben Simmons in just his fourth career game. Shortstop Corey Seager will be on the Dodgers World Series roster. Game one with the Astros tonight in L.A. Seager missed the NLCS with a bad back. And on ice last night, the Kings losing in regulation for the first time this season, 3-2 in Toronto. Boys? Kirk Cousins is not good on Monday Night Football. 0-6 when he plays on Monday nights, and last night no different. There was a story that came out about him. It was a big profile in Sports Illustrated on Kirk Cousins. And a an anecdote in there that was just incredible was he was FaceTiming the quarterback room meeting while his wife was giving birth in the hospital. So she's having these contractions. She's yelling. The nurse is coming in and out. And he's sitting there on his iPad <laughs> listening to <laughs> what is going on in his quarterback meeting. I'm with you, baby. I, and, and for some reason, I, I mean, I... I have not experienced that yet, what that all is like. And I don't. I wasn't sure. I was trying to find out if it was his first kid or not. I mean, I think that makes a difference, too, if he's gone through it before. Um, but I kind of feel like that's okay. Like, I kind of, I don't know. Is that a bad? I'm sure he discussed it with Mama. Right. right. And, and if she was really angry about it, it would right. not be a good thing. Right. If she was cool with it, no, then fine. He, he was sitting there. He didn't have the rest of the quarterbacks in, uh, in the room listening in or watching hopefully he had his his headphones on <laughs> no yeah that uh i'm i'm assuming that he probably positioned himself in a way mm-hmm. that uh, away from the stirrups uh because <laughs> that would have been one jarring situation what are you watching kurt right for the <laughs> Nothing? rest of the, the washington quarterback <laughs> but but yeah, that's that's a man who's dedicated to his, he said he was playing the chiefs that week it was important to him yeah it was a big week he said, I really wish I didn't miss the meeting, so I had to figure out a way to make it work. But you're right. If they had a discussion beforehand and everything was okay, then it's it's not a big deal. That's what but, we call dedication. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of have to. Uh, the opposite of dedication is Martavis Bryant <laughs> of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick. Right. Sure mm. you are. So he mm. has a sick day yesterday, and he's not at the facility, which is obviously a, a crock. Uh, because there's a couple reasons why. I'm sure that maybe Mike Tomlinson go home, think about what you did, sit in the corner. Uh, but also the the media stuff. I mean, the people are going to be all over and asking questions, and then he's got to answer them. And yeah. He can't control himself. I mean, if he can't control himself on Instagram with Juju ain't better than me, fool, then what's he going to do when there's 50 now, reporters in front of uh, his apparently face? Apparently, he's had a couple of sick days already this season, missed a couple of practices. Uh, missed a, uh, a walkthrough because mm. he was sick, mm. and so maybe this is legit. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't. I, I don't believe it one bit. And if it ends up being legit, I'm not even going to re- apologize. It, it's it's still, too convenient. Yeah, it's still uh, perplexing that he would he would think this uh, is a nice uh, or the the route to go. Uh, considering what he was doing a season ago, he, he was out working out by himself or with whomever, and not on a football team. And this team has stood by him. And and now he wants to sit around and moan and complain and, and about playing time and it's just a not good look and 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 say you they do grant you your wishes they trade you uh, or they cut you and someone else picks you up now does that team how are they going to have any confidence that you will be happy there the minute 
you stub your toe or anything goes in a different direction than you would ideally like, how do they know you're not going to start acting like a little baby again? Just be happy that you're back in the league, man. Just look a few months down, a few months back and, and, and recall where you were, where you sat. And you were not a part of this organization. You were not a part of any organization. It's just perplexing that you and your representative believe this is the right approach. It's not. It's a terrible look on your part. Be a damn grown-up and deal with it. Yeah, it's tough. You may not be involved as much as you want. Well, who says down the line you, you, you become even more involved? They may need you more than they need you now. Yeah, I would trade him if I was the Steelers. I, I would I would absolutely trade the guy, and I know that it's probably not the smartest time to do it because when a guy forces a trade, then you lose the leverage at that point. If This has been a very, very public matter now, so every team's going to say, well, what are you going to do, keep this malcontent right. wide receiver there? Yes. See, you don't want to do that. You guys are a potential Super Bowl team. You want this problem? We'll give you a, you know, a seventh-round pick for Martavis Bryant, <laughs> and that's not going to work for them, but... I, he's not been a part of this offense really to this point. They're five and two. They're finally figuring things out. They got over the the anthem saga that they went through, and it seems like they were relatively unscathed with that. And the locker room is still intact. They got through the Antonio Brown thing and seemed to be in a better space. They got through Ben Roethlisberger in his pacifier after he played horribly against Jacksonville, and they went out and won a couple of games. There's one thing left. Get rid of him. If he wants a trade, fine. We'll be okay here in Pittsburgh without you because we want to go win. It's not about it's about the collective room here, Martavis. It's not just about you. Well, it's interesting that drama doesn't derail this this football team. Maybe it will later, but uh, this early part of the season it hasn't, and they've been dealing with their fair share of it, and yet they keep rolling along. Good win there at home this past week versus. Division rival, uh, the Bengals. So uh, they, they are used to the drama, and Mike Tomlin somehow is able to rise above it, and the team is able to rise above it. But at, at some point, you get tired of it. And Martavis Bryant now for a couple weeks has been uh, – word is getting out that he wants out. Well, but you have no leverage. Uh, as you just alluded to, There's no the, the leverage is going to be on whoever the suitors are, and, and they're going to be – uh, leery of this as well because we don't want the guy coming here disrupting. You we always talk about distractions. Well, he could become a distraction in another locker room. Even though Pittsburgh is able to deal with it at this point, who's to say another organization that may not be on Pittsburgh's level is able to deal with it? He's a hell of a talent, a young talent, worked his butt off to get back in in the league, and now he's derailing that. Yeah, you mentioned Mike Tomlin, and this guy is loved by his players, and he usually gives them the benefit of the doubt. I would argue that Mike Tomlin has a better read on a locker room than almost any head coach in the NFL. I'm not saying he's the best head coach. I'm saying he's up there. And I also think that he can read the players and he knows how to deal with the players. He understands what they're going through. It's not. It's more of an us thing as opposed mm-hmm. to a me in charge and you guys listen to me thing. And he'll give you the benefit of the doubt until you continue to mess with him. And if you keep messing with him, then it's going to change. Yeah. And my point is that if he goes somewhere else, he's not getting another Mike Tomlin. Nope. He's not getting another guy that's going to say, I understand you, and let's try to work this out. He's going to get a guy that says, shut up, you're cut, and now your NFL career is over because I'm going to make sure of it. He needs to understand that. A lot of teams are not going to put up with this this kind of silliness. And uh, if 
you're not happy they're on a winning football team. Let's say you go to a losing team. Let's say they trade you to Cleveland. That way they can knock you out every time they play you. Uh, you're going to be happy there in that situation? No. You're going to be happy with the new quarterback? Probably not. Uh, it's just he needs to step, step, take a step back, get well if you're really sick, which we don't believe you are. And the agent, the representative, sit down and talk to this dude. Hey, man, you just came through the fire. You you shared, you opened up your heart, you shared your, your your story with us. I understand it's been a tough ride, it's been a tough ride for a lot of people. But you are back in a coveted position where you want to be. You're not catching a number of balls, you're not being targeted. Fine, it will come. Be happy that you're back and continue to work your butt off like you were doing a year ago when no one was thinking about you. Be happy you're back. Keep working. It will come. There will come a time when they will need you, and you you will need to step up and take advantage of that opportunity. Coming up next, we'll talk some college football in the form of Twitter rants and private investigators. Keep it right here. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you choose the brakes that are an exact fit for your vehicle. Brands you trust like Brake Best and Wagner Thermo Quiet. O'Reilly Auto Parts has the brake parts you need at guaranteed low prices. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. A couple of college football stories. I don't know what to believe when it comes to guys leaving school or not leaving school, but Benjamin Albright of 104.7 FM in Denver cited a USC source who said that Sam Darnold is unlikely to leave this year. So if you want to choose to believe Benjamin Albright, go ahead. I still think that it is way too soon for any reports to be out there about this because there's still plenty of time to go. There's still plenty of thinking to happen if the last game that Sam Darnold played was the Notre Dame game on Saturday night, I would say he absolutely needs to stay in school, and I'm probably still going to have the same take at the end of the season. However, there's still games to be played, and there's still a lot that goes into this. And when a guy walks off the field for the last time and says, you know, I'm thinking about coming back, still even then you could change your mind because people get into your head and you think about the money and you think about this. So some report now, to me, is totally meaningless. Why? I'm with you. Why even bring it up? Uh, The guy still has six, seven ball games left. have a big one at Arizona State who has uh, reemerged as a player, as have their their rivals, Arizona. They're in the Pac-12 South. Uh, And so I don't understand this report, and and it, it... Sam Darnold will sit down at the end of the season. He, the coaching staff there, his family, they will contact the NFL. They will find out where this draft status looks like, and then he'll make a decision. Uh, and uh, right now he hasn't played well. That offense hasn't played well. Uh, it's just been a mess for the most part, uh, even when they're winning ball games. Uh, he's shown some uh, – some. he's had some moments in these games. The Texas game comes to mind at, where uh, he's looked like the quarterback from a season ago, but this is a different team, and, and maybe he was pressing early on in the season, but uh, who gives a damn about something like that at this point? This guy's trying to win college football games. That's all that matters, and we will have time to sift through all the decision-making on his side uh, once the season's over. So much ado about nothing. 
There's a couple of Foreman kids who have gone through Texas. One is still there. One is with the Houston Texans right now, Deontay Foreman. And Armonte Foreman, a wide receiver, is still there. Uh, Derek Foreman, also known as Dayday409. <laughs> Dayday. On Twitter. Well, he doesn't like Tom Herman, does Day Day. You remember Day Day from Friday? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. That's actually one of those references I do know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not lying about it. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> when someone says, do you know this from a TV show or movie, I lie about it just because it's easier. Yeah, Mike Epps, Day Day. But this one, no, I actually know. So uh, here's a sample from Day Day 409's <laughs> Twitter account. Looks like our $5.5 million coach is overrated. Offense is still horrible, and moral victories don't count. Y'all can let Herman sell y'all this rebuilding (laughs) crap. (laughs) Talent is there on offense and defense. He refused to use all talent, and it's showing. Now, I should say that uh, Armonte was benched. Yeah, Armonte has, as far as receivers go, the most touchdowns, three. And uh, big-time catch versus USC earlier this season, and uh, Armonte is a guy who played a ton a season ago, and he, he hasn't played the last couple of ball games. And, and Herman, when you ask him about it, he's been saying it's, it, it all comes down to, to practice. And there are a couple of guys. Colin Johnson didn't see a, a lot of action, if any, last week versus Oklahoma State, and he points to the practice habit. So uh, he says it's nothing personal. It's just you got to do the work in practice, and he's putting his – thumbprint and, and 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 his way of doing things on this team as he should and uh mr foreman has been upset for a while now uh, hmm. you know he's been quiet for the last couple games as he asserts in the in the in the 14 15 tweets he put out there but uh he's not quiet anymore uh so uh coach herman feels like uh, these guys need to play practice a certain way and when they practice a certain way they will play Here's more Day-Day. Come on, Day-Day. Charlie Strong had way less talent in his first year at Texas. He recruited well and left Herman with talent. Herman don't get no pass from me. (laughs) No, he don't. (laughs) Day-Day. And then uh, I love it because then he's promoting radio appearances that he has. Oh, is he? No, he did not. Yeah, hold on. Oh, where's he going to be? I'm going to listen in. Yes, no, it was yesterday. Oh. He was going to be on live on the Chop Shop. Oh, the Chop Shop. Yeah. Hmm. On 102.5 KMAZ in Houston, the Chop oh, Shop. He's going to be on the Chop Shop, chopping it up, chopping Chop. up Herman. Hey, Day Day, Day Day, we chopping it yeah. up. Okay. Yep. Do we so, know what he said on the Chop Shop? No, we, we don't. don't know. We don't know that. No. Do we, should we get him on here? I think it'd be funny. Yeah. If you want to go, go and track down Day Day. Day Day, what's up, dog? I bet you by the end of it, because generally what happens with these outspoken guys, and I'm like, man, why are you doing that? When we talk to him, I'm usually like, this guy's the greatest. <laughs> like, that's what happens. I usually, he liked the villain, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'll criticize the guy and say, hey, you probably shouldn't do this uh, publicly, and it does, it's not a good look. And Well, it didn't. Uh, in defense of, of Day Day, all these people who are jumping on him, you know, a lot of them uh, didn't stop and, and not criticize Charlie Strong and his staff. And, and so uh, that goes with the territory, especially at these big time programs. Like Texas, and, and you're going to have it. People are so up, still upset with Tim Beck and that second to last play call. They're in overtime, running a little jet sweep. Uh, we saw that in the Atlanta Patriots game <laughs> yeah. as well. And, and so uh, you got a 250 pound running back in Chris Farman. Hell, 
give it to him. Let him try to run through that Oklahoma State defense. So uh, they're catching it, especially on the offensive side of the ball, every which way uh, currently. And, and, and Foreman is not the only one upset, but he is probably the lone wolf that's out there tweeting in the manner in which he is. Mike Leach doesn't let things go. And I'm sure if I was him and felt like I was owed money, I probably wouldn't let things go either. But the way that he is going about now trying to get this money from Texas Tech that he believed <laughs> he believes he is owed because he was fired without proper cause. Yeah. Now, I think most people know the story. It was a Craig James kid with a concussion. He was put in a allegedly put in a shed and I don't know, all sorts of stuff. You can look it up. But he was fired and he was fired with cause. And he believes he's owed about $2.5 million. So he's still, this was back in 2009. Yep. So now he has hired an investigator to dig up dirt on school officials, including phone records of the Texas Tech Board of Regents. The guy's name is Dulcifino. Wayne Dulcifino, mm-hmm. a former investigative reporter for a TV station in Houston, <laughs> and he said, Dulcifino said to USA Today, we're going to get into their stuff, okay? <laughs> if they want to be weasels and not pay the guy, then they won't pay him. But we're going to look under every nook and cranny. We're starting with the phone records. He set up a website, paycoachleach.com. He had a rally in Lubbock that was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. There was a video of this. <laughs> it was one guy on a street on the street holding a sign that said "Pay Coach Leach," and then this guy with a microphone yelling with one person there covering it. It was unbelievable. Well, obviously, if you feel like you're owed two point five million, you're gonna look under every nook and cranny to try to recoup those funds, and and that's what. Coach Leach is doing, and, and I'm not surprised considering how, uh, let's see, uh, mercurial he is uh, and, and how crazy he is at times. Uh, I, I'd, go, I'd go after it as well. And, and, and now he's out there uh, front and center or have others uh, front and center uh, trying to apply some pressure to Texas Tech and, and, and put Texas Tech in a bad light, which they are. Uh, losing to Iowa State this past weekend, they got punked. Uh, by Iowa State, the manner in which they lost to West Virginia on the road two weeks ago. That program uh, is, in, is in turmoil now. You've got uh, Cliff Kingsbury's been there five years, four or five years, and Matt Campbell rolls in there and whips them again, 66-10, two years ago. And here's, here's a guy that's only been on campus in Ames for a year and a half. So they're not doing too well. Now you plop this on their table, and uh, the hits keep coming for the Red Raiders. Yeah, and I don't know if there is any sort of – legitimate reasons here that Mike Leach is going to get his money. Right, right. And Texas Tech said, hey, you were fired for cause, uh, alleged treatment of a player, and and that's been debunked numerous times. And let's see if they can re-litigate it. But, uh, you know, right now it doesn't look like uh, this will be a winning formula for Mike Leach. Or maybe it will. Maybe it's too early to, to... to surmise that it won't be a winning formula. So this is a different approach, and, and maybe Coach Lee and, yeah, and Dosafino right. will uh, find something that has not yet been unearthed. Oh, my goodness. You guys should get that video for Inside College Football of the rally in Lubbock. It's so funny. I maybe mean, we'll have it today on the uh, unconventional plays. Yeah, you should. Or to send an email to the producer because it's that funny. It's not. I mean – and stuff like the audio wasn't good on it, so we couldn't play it. But I was watching it this morning just laughing. One guy holding the sign. 
pay Coach Leach. You're also not going to get a lot of sympathy from people when it says pay Coach Leach, right? Because and the guy, I guess, got a couple of hundred thousand dollars out the door, not the two and a half million he thought that he was owed. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, he is getting paid right now. I mean, he's an employed head coach. So it's not a cause that a lot of people are going to get behind, especially when you see some of the natural disasters we've gone through, some of the things that this country has seen where people are donating money to. Like People aren't going to like rally behind. Let's go and get this man his $2.5 million because, boy, what an injustice this is. You know? You're going to have to fight this battle on your own. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. But if you deep down you believe that money is yours, you go to whatever links to get your loot, man. All right, coming up next, drama in the NBA in the form of the Phoenix Suns. Eric Bledsoe on his way out, but did his tweet asking out mean something else? It's Gio and Jones coming right back on CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 